What's going on, everybody? This is the Sporting Report Daily Pod, first Sporting Report Daily Podcast, first right? First of many, yeah. First, first of many. many. Finally mm-hmm. expanding our boundaries, doing something new. Uh, my name is Will Fowler. This is my friend Joe Bertolami. Just say what's yeah. up. What's up? All of our faithful, faithful fans. The 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 numbers of faithful fans that we have at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, still growing, yeah, still growing. Still growing. Um, and we're in uh we're in the time in the sports year where we're right in the middle of a whole bunch of things, right? We got. Some of the things we're talking about today, we got March Madness coming up, right? We got mm-hmm. NFL draft storylines there. You're a big Frozen Four guy. Um, yeah, the NCAA hockey NCAA tournament. hockey tournament. We're going to talk Kinda about that a little bit. Kind of flies on the radar a little bit, yeah. Um, and then we got baseball season in a week, which is huge. You know, huge for me. I love baseball season. Um, so, yeah, well, a bunch to talk about. Um, Let's get to it. Joe, we're recording our first podcast in the middle of the biggest, one of the biggest tournaments that America sees throughout the course of the sports year. Uh, that's March Madness, and I think this is the first time that I can remember in my years of following college basketball that three of the four championship favorites did not make it past the first weekend. Villanova is the only one of the four that's still in. Virginia lost in crazy fashion to UMBC, right? Mm-hmm. Huge loss. Mm-hmm. Arizona, who i still salty about that. My championship favorite lost to Buffalo, one of those late games that first night. And Michigan State lost to a bad Syracuse team, who many argue shouldn't even have been in. They had to win their, their first four game against Arizona State, come back, beat TCU. And then Michigan State shoots sub-30%. Syracuse, had, I think they had one assist all game, something brutal, and they end up going to the Sweet 16. So no Virginia, no Michigan State, no Arizona after first weekend. This is a tournament unlike anything else. Yeah, you know, I think the craziest thing about what you just said is that Virginia and Arizona, they didn't just lose. I mean, they got their asses kicked. You know? they, oh, they got, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Arizona that first day, they lose by 20 to Buffalo. And it's pretty much forgotten the next day. You know, Virginia, the number one overall seed, um, only two losses all season. They lose by 20 to, You're a, right. to a 16 seed. You're right. I mean, I, I saw it on crazy. Twitter all over the place. It was like people, like DeAndre Ayton has to be thanking Virginia so much because everybody's forgotten about their 21-point loss to Buffalo because Virginia lost to a 16 seed. And... It's crazy because whenever the, before this tournament, the concept of a 16 seed being a one seed was was almost sports equivalent of the impossible, right? Mm-hmm. It's never happened. Never people happened. would describe like people would describe something as oh, it's almost as likely as a 16 beating a one in March Madness, right? And they they would mean it's never going to happen, mm-hmm. and it happened. And w- we always figure that when something like that's going to happen, it's going to be down to the wire, right? Like some magical yeah. 16 half-court buzzer beater. It was... It was anticlimactic. It was anticlimactic. It was domination from the start of the second was. half. Yeah, I can't believe it. And UMBC, after that win, I mean, I was thinking they beat the best team in the country. They they could honestly move on, you know, past that. But obviously you saw Kansas State uh, get that win. But still, nonetheless... Um, Probably you know, it might be one of the biggest upsets in all sports. It's I think it's got to be the biggest upset there. in all sports. The Miracle on Ice is very. I think you're right. It's. I mean, it'll put a top three. Yeah, it'll. It's definitely. Because it'll, it'll be talked about for years. Because you know? you've got. I mean, 20 years from now, we're going to be talking about where were you and UMBC beat Virginia. Like, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I was sitting on where my were couch. You? Where was I? I was sitting on my couch. Uh, my entire family was asleep. I was on spring break. Yeah. Um, and I was doing my best not to scream at the TV, going crazy. <laughs> Um, and it's funny because my mom came down. Uh, the game ended about midnight. My mom came down about 1 o'clock. I was uh, finishing up an article, so I was still awake. Mm-hmm. And I walked into the kitchen. And she's like, she's very big on college basketball, too. Like, she knows her stuff. And so I walk into the kitchen. I don't even have to tell her. She looks at me. She goes, Virginia lost. I'm like, I know. Like, <laughs> what just happened? And 
she like we went back to the couch and they were showing replays on TNT that mm-hmm. uh, like all night. And so we were up until four in the morning watching replays of UMBC v. Virginia. And that that last scene of the shot clock running out and then Virginia inbounding the ball to Ty Jerome, just holding the ball at the ref for yep. three and a half seconds, never gets old. I mean, goosebumps every time. Uh-huh. It's just crazy. And obviously, you saw the defense that played against Virginia limiting to 54 points. There was hope that they could come back and beat K-State. They obviously didn't beat K-State, but I think the run in itself. I think they, just, the, just the win itself is going to. Um, yeah, right. It, it puts their program. It gives their program a lot of credibility because, you know, in the years with recruiting, just saying, you know, we beat the best team. Right. The best team. So it's like, yeah, obviously a great moment for um the university as a whole. You know, also their their Twitter game was. Their Twitter game was, was fire. It was oh flames. my was gosh, flames. Seth Davis was put on roast that whole night. <laughs> uh, you, you love to see it. Apparently, it's. It was some student. some student. I believe it. Uh, yeah. You know. You know what they remind me of? I don't know uh, how much you follow hockey Twitter. Vegas Golden Knights Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it reminds just, me just of that. Just ruthless. You know? <laughs> ruthless. You, you love to see it. Ruthless. Um, and I think what's even crazier is that UMBC is a team that wasn't even supposed to be in the tournament at all. The only reason that they are were there in the first place is because they beat Vermont in their conference championship on a buzzer beater three from Jordan Lyles, who, or Jarris Lyles, I'm sorry, who went on to have a monster game against Virginia. Anyway, mm-hmm. I think that's what's crazy. I think, you know, they get a lot of uh, attention, but one of the teams that's still in that's, you know, not really um, a well-known team is Loyola Chicago. Loyola Chicago, Sister winning, Jean. Winning by a total of three points. <laughs> in the, Yeah, like combined. Yeah, you know? it'd be Miami by two, Tennessee by one, right? Yep. I was watching that. Were you watching that Miami game? I was, yeah. I had, I had Miami going to um, the Elite Eight. That's so. brutal. But I don't know. I, I, was, I, could see it, I could see it coming, though. I don't know. I mean, they have they've got on their side. The kid with the uh, Catholic school, Alfred Payton looking hair, kind of <laughs> screw them over there. But, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, you got to feel for that kid. I forgot, I forget. Uh, he's a big guy. I feel bad forgetting his name. He's like the big, big time player over there. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, Miami. Uh, that was a, a a pick that a lot of college basketball pundits were taking though. That yep. that dreaded six eleven matchup. Um. I think looking at the tournament, it was split even, because Loyola beat. Miami, right? And then 11 Syracuse be 11 TCU. And then Florida and Houston, obviously, who, by the way, a side note, I yeah. love Houston. I love Rob Gray. I was so upset when we lost to Michigan. That's my personal bias getting in there. But I think the, the idea of an American Athletic Conference team getting an at-large bid at number six as the third best team in that conference mm-hmm. behind Wichita State and Cincinnati is incredible. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're obviously overshadowed in their conference with the um, presence of Cincinnati and Wichita State. But like you said, they definitely put themselves on the map. I believe it was their first tournament win I don't know if it was their first I know it was the first one in a while it might have been I think I will look that up I think think they 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 were in a lot of tournaments uh, years back okay yeah they definitely Um, uh, recently I don't think they had much success but they were they were a big time team a while ago Um, speaking of Cincinnati American Athletic Conference they were another title favorite, right? They were if when Virginia went down they were largely expected to go to the Final Four they were yeah they go and lose to Nevada Blow a twenty-two point lead in the second half, right? And and now they're gone. And that that top left conference or uh, region is just wide open. It is because you got Loyola Chicago playing Nevada, I which mean, they could very easily win. I mean, you talk about Loyola Chicago and Nevada. That's a game that Loyola Chicago could easily win. Mm-hmm. Be one of the first eleven seeds to ever make the Elite Eight. Either one winning is is a big deal because when you look at that coming out of it, it was you know people were very high in Tennessee, Cincinnati. Um, both those teams eliminated that. 
opens up the the floodgates for you know lesser known teams to make a name for themselves. I think I think the two the two big favorites in that region were bumped to within forty eight hours in Virginia and Arizona. Oh yeah, yeah, that's actually yeah, it's more up top. I know uh, yeah. the 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 favorite championship matchup that I saw at least was Arizona and Michigan State. Yeah, I saw I saw Virginia Villanova. I saw Virginia a bunch too. I saw Villanova obviously. Well, Arizona, who, by the way, I think Villanova. I think Villanova now has to be the favorite, right? They gotta be, but the way it's been going, like I wouldn't be surprised if they lose to West Virginia. Right, like, like, like we really, it's uh, we really don't know. I think if Villanova ends up winning this tournament, it'll it'll come as more of a surprise than anything else, just based on the way the first two rounds have gone. Yeah, um, I mean, what would you? Here's a hypothetical: you can bet on any team to win. <sighs> bet on any team, any team to win. That's left right now. I, I, I guess. You gotta go with Villanova just because they're like you said. Villanova, favorite, I if I, if I have to pick a, a high seeded team, um, I'm gonna put my money on Texas A and M. I think uh, I, yeah. they showed they can play. They yeah. they didn't only beat UNC; they killed UNC. Right? Um, they're one of the best rebounding teams in the country. They have size. Tyler Davis, their center, seven foot center, he's insane. I think if they keep rebounding the way they do, they can take down Michigan, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, Gonzaga will be a tough matchup if they p- potentially beat Florida State because Gonzaga is perennially one of the best rebounding teams in the nation. Um, every single year, but I think Texas A&M, if you're looking for a high seed to make money on, make some cash, Texas A&M's got to be the team, right? Because you look at every other region, and the the high seeds have competition. I mean, in the South, it's Kentucky, yeah. who I think has to be the favorite now. Even though they're a five seed, they're playing like a two or three seed, right? Calipari's finally got his guys going in the right direction. East is having Villanova. Midwest, it's pretty much everybody but Syracuse, right? Because Kansas, one of the best shooting teams in the country. Duke is Duke. And, I mean, Clemson beat Auburn by 40 points. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a big statement win. I don't know. I mean, who do I have in five So We'll say who we had in five Sorry. So, with that said, um, I, I think it would be fun to tell everybody who you had in the mm-hmm. Final Four when the tournament started and who your Final Four teams are now, now that hell is frozen over. Yeah. Um... Well, for me, you know, I usually pick a uh, a fairly, like, crazy bracket. Like, I usually like to have one, like, very high seed in there. This year I went conservative, and it was the wrong year to go conservative. <laughs> um, I had UVA, I had Gonzaga, who's still in, Nova, and then Michigan State. Okay, so two so, out of four. I like to get two out, I think two out of four I consider a success for me. I think two out of four, no matter what year it is, always a success, right? Yeah, no, like every year. That's what I'm looking for, is two right. out of four. So. But, you know, it's still a Sweet 16. You really don't know. So I'll hold with uh, Gonzaga and Nova. I still think, you know, they're going to make it. And um, I think I'll move to Duke. I think Duke has been a pretty dominant team so far. And they also have a nice little draw there playing Syracuse. So they'll get into the Elite Eight. Yeah, Duke Duke uh, picked apart Iona in that first round, a team that we see a couple times during the course of the regular season at it, Quinnipiac. It did, and URI, a team I actually picked to beat Duke. URI, great you guard know, play. Very, very good team. Um, was just destroyed. And, uh, you know, up in the south, it's, it's very hard to pick. It's a toss-up. You know, uh, I mean, the best seed is a five in Kentucky, so I, I guess I'll just go with Kentucky I just think, based on uh, odds, you know. I saw a stat on ESPN Stats, the Twitter page. They said this is the first time in NCAA tournament history that there's been a region where 
all four seeds, all four top seeds have been eliminated before the Sweet 16. And that's just that just puts in the words how insane this tournament has been. It's a microcosm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, as for me, I, I had two out of four as well. Um, in much more disappointing fashion. Um, I had In the South, I had Arizona. Huge DeAndre Ayton fan. I think he's going to be great in the NBA. He could be number one. I think he's going to be. Oh, yeah. um, I love Arizona. I, love, I just love the Pac-12 in general. You know that. I have a, you, I have a soft spot for the Pac-12. Big, uh, Pac-12 football big, guy, big Pac-12 football guy. Big Pac-12 football guy. Big Pac-12. A little bit less of Pac-12 basketball, but I like I like those. I don't think those specific sports teams get enough love. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like so much attention on ACC, SEC, Big 12. Yeah, Pac-12 have some really good teams out there. I thought Arizona was one of them, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, uh, bottom right was the bottom right. Midwest, uh, the West. The, the bottom right's the West. Um, I went with the Tar Heels. I had UNC when the tournament started. I thought they were going to have a relatively easy cruise to the Final Four. I didn't think Xavier should, uh, was – I mean, they obviously deserved a one seed based on the way the other teams have played, but mm-hmm. I didn't think they, they were as good as a traditional one seed. So I thought um, the biggest competition here was going to be either Gonzaga or Houston. I, didn't, I wasn't a big believer in Michigan, which obviously is not proven wrong again. Um, and then I had uh, Villanova in the top right, which is the East – I feel like that one's pretty straightforward. Purdue, I mean, especially now, Purdue lost uh, Isaac Haas, right? They're their seven-foot center. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's really any competition for Villanova over there right now, um, which probably means they'll go and lose by 40 to West Virginia because that's just what that's what happens. Um, and then my national champion came out of the Midwest. I am a, You know this. I'm a big Kansas Jayhawk guy. You picked them, yeah. I picked them. Love Devontae Graham. Love Mikhail Luke. Um... I mean, they're, they're, if not the best, they're one of the best shooting teams in the country. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's risky to take a team that can shoot over a team that can rebound or hit their free throws. But, um, I mean, one of the best shooting teams in the country and one of the best conferences in the country, um, I had them beating the Tar Heels in the national championship. And then right now, um, I'm going to stick with Villanova. I'm going to stick with Kansas, even though I'm tempted to take Duke. Um I can't do it. I, yeah. I love my Kansas boys too much. Um, that's you a pick. Stri- stick with your guys. That's huh? a, right. I gotta, yeah. I gotta stick with the guys I took before. Um, that's also strictly a bias pick. I can admit that. I yeah. mean, I think Duke's a better team on paper, but um, yeah, Duke, what, what does that get you in this tournament? In the I mean. T- talent on paper has proven to mean absolutely nothing these past couple weeks. So yeah. I'll take Kansas. Um, would you smack me in the face if I took Loyola in the South? Because I think it's a very doable. Um, I think Loyola in that. In that Sweet 16 game is very doable. I, but if Kentucky comes out of there against I know, State, that's, that's what's I mean, Kentucky's making me nervous. Kentucky's playing really well. Kentucky's playing very well. But they also haven't had much tournament competition they have, so far. I mean, they have. It's just like um, their competition so far has been. Their trip to the Final Four. Their trip to the Final Four could very easily be 12, 13, 9, 11. Yeah, yeah. Which is incredible. Um, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Loyola. Why not, right? Why not? I mean, there's no really no bad pick. Exactly. Point, I mean, you know? there's really no good pick out there either. But. And then, um, man, West is tough. Uh, I think that Elite Eight matchup is going to be Gonzaga and Texas A&M. I think A&M will be Michigan. Yeah. And um, I'll take Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga. Gonzaga's 100. They had that freshman, Zach Norvell Jr., hit that three against Greensboro, went off against Ohio State. Um, Texas A&M picked apart UNC, but I think Gonzaga will be there. I think Gonzaga arguably is... Better than last year, I think. They I think you might be built, right. More built for right. a, um, getting the job done. You know, they had they had the one seed last year. I think they had a target on their back. Um, this year, coming in as a four, you know, definitely 
you know, fooling the radar a little bit. I think last season. year, last year on paper they were better. Yeah. But this year they may end up being better. They're just playing better as a team. Right. I mean, last year they had Nigel Williams Goss and they yeah. had um, Collins, right? The kid who went at like 11th or 12th overall. I forget to who, but uh, six man. No. And then uh, Villanova, Kansas. Uh, all signs point to Villanova, which means I'm going to pick Kansas. And then Loyola and Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga and Kansas championship, and I'll stick with my Jayhawks. I think uh-huh. Devontae Graham, uh, most valuable player of the tournament, because dude's a stud. Dude can ball. All right. All right, so that does it for our March Madness uh, segment. So, um, we move on to to another form of March Madness that, you know, doesn't seem to get much love, uh, just because it's smack dab in the middle of the basketball tournament, which is the men's hockey tournament, which will be played this weekend. Um... It's, it's going to be good. It's an interesting schedule because they play – this weekend's filled with games, Friday through Sunday. It's it's a pretty great weekend, one of my favorites of the year. But then they take, uh, like, a two-week hiatus <laughs> due to the, you know, they don't want to compete with the Final Four. Right, which, I mean, makes sense. It makes sense. It's just you kind of you, – you play, you know, you get accustomed to watching all these games, and then, you know, it's a little bit of a break, but I think it should be a good tournament. Um Admittedly, uh, before I let me just say, before I came to college, I I knew the little, the most little amount of college hockey, probably ever by anybody, and that's not an understatement. I just I knew nothing. Um, if you don't watch college hockey, watch college hockey. It no, is it's great. it is insane. It's great. Um, obviously, Joe and I both go to Quinnipiac. One of the Perennially good hockey teams weren't good this year, but um, always fun to watch. I had a good time every single time I went. Um, and so that leads us into the Frozen Four. And admittedly, I don't know as much about college hockey as you do, Joe. You're obviously our, our wise and, and, and knowledgeable expert. Now it's youth basketball, so, you know. Right, right. Okay, so, right. So, so, basketball. <laughs> so, so we're good to have balance, yeah. Um, so, we'll just run down the teams real quick, and then we'll both go our Frozen Four picks. Um... So we'll start. Uh, how do the regionals work? I mean, it's not like northeast, southeast, right? It's like it, it is. So you have the east region, the northeast region, the Midwest region, and then the west region. So okay, perfect. So I was completely wrong. So, <laughs> so, so starting with the east, it's in uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, you got Notre Dame's a one, Michigan Tech is a four, Providence is a two, against Clarkson, who's the three. So. This tournament is extremely hard to decide. I mean, yeah, it's basically tough. think about the Sweet Sixteen is a very hard tournament to you know, pin down. This is only sixteen teams. It's essentially the Sweet Sixteen, but each region has a top four seeds, right? There's yep. no eleven. There's no Loyolas. There's no, no Syracuses, it's, right? It's a, a very competitive tournament. There's no Texas so. A&M's. No UMBCs. It's all it's all top four seeds, which means that much more difficult. Yep. So then moving on to the Northeast region, which is my uh, personal, not just because I'm from the Northeast, but I just think it's. I think it's a great. That's one in Worcester, right? It's in Worcester. I think it's a great draw this year. You got Cornell, the one seed in in that region. A team that burned us over and over again. They bumped us out of the playoffs, they didn't they? They did. They did. You know, and they're very they're very big. They play a very honest game. Hardly um, hardly broke a sweat against us in the playoffs. I believe they beat us eleven. Like, yeah, that first game was eleven to one. Yeah, so you know they they're a very hard team to beat. You know, it's they're one of the more in size, one of the bigger teams, one of the older teams. So um. They'll play against BU, which is... That's going to be a great game. You know, they're kind of like the opposite. They're the youngest team in the country. They're a bunch of... I mean, what happened high, to BU? High caliber. 
high pro, high picks? high uh, potential. But what happened? And they were they, well, we played them in the beginning of the season. They were ranked second in the country. What are they now? Well, yeah, they were they were was, unranked at some that point. That was opening weekend. They they came to the year ranked second overall. Right. As they should have been, I feel like you know they have, taking a few you know Jake Ottinger in goal on D they have um, Dante Fabro, Chad Chris, Brandon Hickey, um, David Ference, and then forwards. You know one the one knock on BU is that they don't have a lot of role players on forwards. It's pretty much all skill guys. So like you know that first line is Greenway, Kachuk, and Melanson. Which is a great line. It's a great line because they have been able to play a much more gritty game um, and allowing, you know, the, the second line, they have Shane Bowers, um, Bobo Carpenter, Logan Cockerell. That's more of a their skill, speedy line. So I think the two lines, you know, putting those you – know, every team is different, but I think BU is a team where putting those guys, those similar types of players together is um, what has enabled them to have such a good second half. So actually – I have them beating Cornell in that Really? Game. I do. Really? I think they're playing their best hockey at the end of the year. And uh, Cornell lost in the ECAC tournament. Now, it's going to be close. I mean, I think Cornell is obviously the favorite. And I'm not going to be surprised if Cornell wins that game because, like I said, it's, just, it's hard to beat those you know, those hard physical teams right. you know, that, that play really gritty in the corners. But um, BU has what it takes to do it. And, you know, then you got Michigan playing Northeastern, which is a very tough game. It's a good game. Um, so who do you got in that? In that region or in that game? Both, both. We'll both. Um, I think, well, first of all, for any anybody who doesn't regularly watch college hockey and is interested in the Frozen Four and needs a team to root for, I feel like Northeastern is a team you have to root for, right? If, you, if you're just a casual hockey fan, because they have one of the most dynamic offenses in the entire mm-hmm. country. And historically, they've taken the backseat to... You know, BU, BC. Right, but I mean, Harvard. they won the Beanpot this year, but didn't they? They won the first Beanpot in a, in a real long time. Yeah. Um, first in 30 years, I thought. Yep, yep. So this is their year, I think. They're very destined this so year. So I think, I think Northeastern's going to be Michigan. I think Northeastern's going to go and beat Cornell because I have Cornell beating BU. Okay. Um, but I could, again, I could very easily see BU beating Cornell. I think that's a wide open region. I think, um, I think. I'm putting Northeastern in my first and four. Yeah, so no, same here because I think Cornell is probably more likely to beat. BU than, in my opinion, than Michigan is to be Northeastern. You're I probably think, right. I just think Northeastern, you know, they're, like Michigan, you look at, they have two of the better prospects. They have Josh Norris, who was a first-round pick to the Sharks this past year. And they also have Quinn Hughes, who's draft eligible this year, who will most likely go top 10. But college hockey, it's really not all about draft picks, you know? I mean, you look right. at BU, they, they always have the, the top draft picks. But when, they haven't won a national championship since 09, exactly. so... It's more about the the top team, and I think Northeastern. They have a nice mix of, um, you know, good young players. With you know, they're obviously their their top guys. Are they got the the leading, le- leading point scorer in the nation. Yeah, Adam Gaudet is a junior. Dylan Sakura is third in the nation. He's a senior. So Blackhawks prospect, right? He is. Dylan Sakura. So, so those guys are, they're really counting on them. So. Their decor is suspect, but um. When you score equals a game. It's yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> You know, I know they say defense wins championships, but we're not talking about them winning a championship here. We're talking about them going to the Frozen Four. We're just saying them. You know, they're gonna. I think they got what it takes yeah. to be Michigan. But um, and so I got uh, Northeastern in that in yeah. that region. We didn't um, mention the uh, the first region. We actually. I know. I'm, I'm talking about the Bridgeport region yeah, that Bridgeport. we talked about with Notre Dame, Michigan Tech, Providence, and Clarkson. Oh, yeah. Um, Who you got in that? Uh, Notre Dame beat Michigan Tech. I, mean, I haven't heard much about Michigan Tech, so maybe that's just a, a pick out of ignorance than it is about mm-hmm. knowledge. Uh, I have Notre Dame beating Michigan Tech. And then uh, Clarkson over Providence, just because Clarkson 
burned us a few times in ECAC play. Um, we, did, we did beat them, though. We, we beat them at home, but we lost them on the okay. road. Yeah. Well, at home, but yeah. they've been, they were good all year. They were, right, I mean, they were, they were Cornell, a top, uh, top four seed in the conference, right? They were, they were one of the best teams in the conference. So then Notre Dame and Clarkson, um, you got to take Notre Dame. I mean, I don't know much about any of those teams in that region, so I'm just going to take the one seed. Probably right. one of those. Uh, they're playing good hockey, too. They, they're playing they good won hockey. They won their conference, you know. That's a good pick. I mean, I, you know, I usually feel as though this pick is not based on knowledge. It's just a four seed always finds a way to beat uh, a one seed. It happens right. oftentimes more than once. So I got Michigan Tech in that game. Um, I mean, I got Providence. I think Providence's defensive style play will prevail. Um, you know, they don't really give up much. You know, they're not a very exciting team to watch, but I just think they play a very tight game, similar to that of Cornell. We're not giving up any goals. They're blocking all the shots. So I got Providence in that region, and they'll take on Northeastern um, in the Frozen Four, which, which should, that'll be a good matchup. Yeah, that'll be a good game. Two hockey teams going at it. So move on to the um, we'll go we'll go Midwest. Um, this is a fun region. This is a really fun region. Ohio State, not known for hockey, but they're one seed. Yeah, it's more of a, obviously a football school, but they've had you know an exceptional year. Princeton, I mean, I don't, they're playing uh, Princeton. I don't know how Princeton got in there. Princeton's there because they won the conference tournament. I mean, they did. I don't know how they did it. You know, uh, they do have the second leading score in the country, believe it or not. In um, right, but 19, 19, 12, and four is not a Frozen Four worthy record. Oh, Especially no, when you're the seventh seed in the conference. Not by I any mean, means. I think the thing that pisses me off is that you know, I, I don't like to get fan bias in here because <laughs> I'm just a student at Quinnipiac, but um, that could have been us. You know, that, it that, could have been. I mean, if Princeton we, can we, do we it, who can? Them. We beat them 6-2. <laughs> but anyways, you know, I think Princeton, I think they'll get rolled. I, I think you're probably right. I don't, I think, I don't think they're going to carry what they did. You know, the thing about these conference tournaments is that, like, Cornell and Clarkson, like, for ECAC at least, they already have an automatic bid. Right. So they're not playing as, you know, Princeton's playing a lot more desperate in that tournament. Cause the I think that plays a factor in it. And conference um, tournaments are on their way in. That's the only one. That's the same thing with BU. Look at how they they were playing in that. I mean, it's like they're just a lot more desperate. And I think in this tournament, every team is that way. Right. So I think Ohio State will um, give them a Beat Princeton. Game. And then you look at Denver and Penn State. That's another interesting game. I got Denver. Coming off of last year, I just think they're a very deep team. Um, obviously, they're top guys. You got Troy Terry, former um, world junior hockey hero. I know you don't follow that as much. No, I'm not a fan. He was a, uh, you know, an American hero in that. He was also in the Olympics this past year, so he'll be there. Got to watch. They got to watch there. But I'm also Henrik Bjorkstrom is another dynamic player. So those guys, they were like pretty much them and Will Butcher were the main reason why they were able to win. They won the whole thing last year. So right. with them returning, I think. It sets an example to the younger guys. You know, they've been there. They have all the guys who've experienced that. So then you have them. So I think they. I think they'll be Penn State. Beating Penn State, you're learning about it quite a bit. You're beating Ohio State too. I do. I Denver in the yeah, first four. Too. I do. I just think the experience and the uh, dynamic forwards will, will definitely help them prevail. Um, you know, my favorite team. Well, not my favorite team, <laughs> but my favorite team to watch: Saint Cloud State. Oh man, a, a school that nobody, nobody's ever heard of. Nah. But one of the best hockey schools in the country. It's, it's insane. The amount of talent they have. This 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 region is, is three out of the four schools are schools that nobody's ever heard of. If you're a casual hockey fan or a casual, casual college, college fan, right? I mean, yeah. Air Force, everybody knows Air Force, but Minnesota State, Minnesota Duluth, they're like what? What is that? Like this would be a very physical region, right? You know, the Western teams typically play a, a very heavy game, and um, but Saint Cloud State, they they really have a good mixture of um, you know, finesse, but also having you know guys who can play the body. So I think. For me, they're they're my team. I have them winning the whole thing. So yeah, 
I'm not really going to get too much in, <laughs> into it. You know, I just think they're, they're the best team in the country. So you have a uh, uh, run year. through. You have St. Cloud State, Denver, uh, Northeastern, and Providence, correct? Uh, yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Uh, also, uh, side note, Robbie <laughs> Jackson. Robbie Jackson, St. Cloud State. Guy he has the most electric celebrations <laughs> you've probably ever seen. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's one of the, you know, if you haven't seen him, look him up on Twitter. He's a, he's a leading scorer, too. He's a, he's a very good player, but he's just, he's crazy. He's crazy. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he has a good time. Right. So, so and, uh, I would my, love to see him get his hands in that trophy. <laughs> I would. Hey, he did that with the uh, the conference trophy, right? He did, he did. Did one of those dances. He was, he was going nuts. Um, so my first and fourth is kind of the same. I took St. Cloud State, yep. same same mindset you did. I don't really see anybody in that region competing with them. Yep. Um, took Denver uh, just because uh, they're always so good. They are. I they, mean, they play really well um, this time uh, of year. So. Princeton is – you can kick them to the curb, right? <laughs> uh, so it's uh, it's St. Cloud State, Denver, Northeastern, just because of that offense. I went up yep. to, uh, to Boston to watch them play Quinnipiac uh, at the beginning of the season. That offense is insane. Yeah, it's – and uh, sure, so it's been in the works for a while, you know. They, oh, 100%. They did a good job recruiting uh, Jim Maligan and his staff. They'll be good for uh, you know, the next yeah. couple years, I think. You know, they built a good foundation there. And then Notre Dame, uh, I think that's going to be the Rose of Four. And then I'll take uh, St. Cloud State and Northeastern. And I think they'll do it, Joe. Uh, I think they'll take on the Beanpot. Yeah, they'll take home, yeah. take home the Beanpot, take home the National yeah, Championship. I think uh, Northeastern's going to get like the National Championship. I they're destined. They're destined this year. I think but they have to. I get St. Cloud State. Just you know, as the most dominant team. I, I think re- regardless of Northeaster, but I think that'd be a, regardless of who wins that, that game. I would love that final game. It'll it'll be a great game for everybody to watch. So now we'll move from college to pros, right? We're going to talk about new sport, yeah. New sport completely. New sport. Um, a sport that is seemingly always in the news, regardless of whether or not it's in season. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the National Football League. Uh, I mean, it, it, it. I wouldn't say pollutes, but it it dominates. All the major networks. We're in the middle of March, and people are still talking it does, about it. I mean, Super Bowl, say, Super Bowl was a month ago. Season started for four months. You would say it's it's probably the most popular sport in. Oh, hundred percent. I think. Basketball, tell you what, I I think basketball's on the rise. I think the NBA's on the rise. It's I think league. I think right now it's the NFL. It's Ten years from now, ask me again. I'll probably say the NBA. So we're gonna get into the draft, which has been a hot topic. Um, it's been in the news recently, especially because there is a team very near and dear to my heart that moved up. Mm-hmm. Right, Joe? Um, New York Jets, yep. My Jets, Jets, they were at six, they're going to three. Um, I, it's an interesting move, not just for the Jets, but I think for, for a couple teams. Obviously, this means that the Jets are 100% going to take a quarterback, right? I don't think they're going to move up to, from six to three to get Bradley Chubb or Quentin Nelson, right? That doesn't make any sense. I think they're going to... Their needs are their needs are definitely a quarterback. I think even yeah. even with signing Teddy Bridge, H2O, and uh, and Josh McCown. See what I did there? <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Oh man, um, funny guy. Um, I think they're gonna take. I mean, I would. I used to want Baker Mayfield. I I thought he was electrifying. You don't. Baker, you don't want him. Baker Mayfield at number three as opposed to number six. I think it's more of a gamble. Um, I'm looking at now. I know you you break down these quarterbacks a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. You know you know some of your stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking the best option for them has got to be Josh Rosen. I think so. He's got all the physical tools. Um, he reminds me a little bit of. I've heard Aaron Rodgers. I don't like to yeah. go that. Like more recently, Jared Goff, I think, right. similar personality. Could be, he could have a little bit of a struggle in year one, but if you look at how he worked out, you know, Goff for the Rams had a great year too. So um, I think he could be a little bit more of a project than they might like. And I think that's why I might have brought back McCown as a as a bridge quarterback. Yeah, kind of like as a mentor. He can mentor. But the, the thing is, Rosen personality is huge for a quarterback. You know, right. that's that's your leader of the team. You know, he he had some issues with coachability. I heard in high school. Um, 
Actually, Trent Dilfer said in an interview, like, Dilfer, if you don't know, he runs the Elite 11. It's like the top high school quarterbacks in the country. Right. They, they compete. So he runs that, and Rosen was one of them his senior year, and he said, like, he did not accept coaching at all, <laughs> right? He just he thought he had all the answers. Right. But speaking to him more recently, Dilfer was like, like, he's matured so much. Like, he's so ready for um, the NFL. So it's interesting to see that. Like, people are still talking about how he might be, you know, a little bit arrogant, but they could just be doing it based on preconceived notions. Right. He could – we really don't know. We'll find out. He'll definitely go early. He could go I th- to the Jets. I think he's going to go to the top five. Yeah, so we'll find out, you know, how, how good of a teammate and how – how much of a competitor he really is because he's got all the the physical skills. Right, and this makes things interesting for not only the Jets, but the Browns, who have picks one and four, mm-hmm. right? Not so much the Giants because they're sticking at two. Um, the Browns still number one. I think I think the Giants are going to be fine. I think this makes things really interesting for um, the Broncos at pick five because mm-hmm. they did sign Keenum, but I, I feel like looking at reports, they're still in the market for a quarterback. In the draft. Yeah, as they have been, you know. Or, or uh, they could very easily take Quentin Nelson, the guard from Notre Dame, or Bradley Chubb, the DN from NC State. Um, I think I think this makes things most interesting for the Browns, though, because um, you look at their picks; they have one of four, right? And they're heavily tied to Saquon Barkley, which I think, would, side note, would be a great, they should, great I think addition they should take for them. Him first, I think. That's the thing. That's what a lot of people are saying. A lot of people are saying that'd be ridiculous, because you look at the top three teams in this mock draft, right? It's the Browns, it's the Giants, and it's the Jets. Those are three teams that are, the Giants and the Jets at least, undoubtedly, they're almost undoubtedly going to take a quarterback in, in with their pick, right? Yeah. Which means Saquon Barkley is not even an idea for the Giants and the Jets, unless they want to go crazy. But I feel like the Browns cannot risk to take Saquon Barkley first overall watch two of the top three quarterbacks go to the Giants and the Jets and then just be left with whoever's left. Because I think that top three, it's, it's Darnold, it's Josh Allen, and it's Josh Rosen, right? I think we can, we can agree that those are the top three quarterbacks, unless you want to throw Lamar Jackson, who I, by the way, not a believer in Lamar Jackson, but we'll no, see no, how that. No, I think you said it right. Those are the most pro-ready quarterbacks. Right. And so I think, all, they're all good, though. So it's like, right, but, but I feel like the Browns, they're all a good option. If, if they were able to take their pick of the three, first overall. Who would they, who would they take, Darnold? I don't think that's relevant in this case. As far as my argument goes, I don't think like that's not as important as the concept, which is they should take a quarterback first overall, right? Barkley most likely will not go to the Giants. Barkley will most almost certainly not go to the Jets. He won't go to the Jets. Which means that when the Browns pick again at four, Barkley is still going to be available, which means that they can have their guy yeah. and Barkley instead of taking Barkley number one and then their remains at number four. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's that's, that, that's a, just that's, my that's opinion. in a perfect world. Like, right? I think there's always a risk because you never know. Last year, everyone had Jamal Adams pegged for number two overall. Well, he was all over the place in the top five. He, he, was, he was he was a two. He was a three. He was, he was two. He did not like. No, I don't think anyone saw him sliding the way he did. I didn't. I I but tell you what, I'm not complaining. So uh, yeah, so um, Saquon Barkley is like one of the best running backs I've seen. I mean, he's just he has it all, and like if you can get him. I mean, they, their offense is already improved with free agency because they have right. Tyra, oh, they were making tons. They have Tyrod Taylor. They have Jarvis Landry. Jarvis, which is going to be a stud. Pair him with Josh Gordon, who's finally playing football yeah, again. Yeah, if he can, you know, stay on the field. If he can stay on the field, which God knows but he should. Is Tyrod Tyrod led the Bills playoffs? Ty, I wouldn't say he led. Them. Well, he, I mean, he got, I would say he was the quarterback when they went to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, um, I think they still should go for a quarterback. I don't think they should just 
settle on t- Taylor being their quarterback? Right. I don't. I don't think they can, especially when you take the dumpster fire that they have been the past ten years, ten plus years, and yeah. say, "Oh, Tyrod's our answer." I don't think that's how it works. There's so much pressure as the Browns GM. Like, right. Like he's messed up so many times. <laughs> I mean, like it couldn't be more. Like you have one in the four pick. Right. Like, just don't I mean, up. I think like, this has got up. to be their best chance. This at is their best chance. Immediate success than. In years past, I mean, last year they, I think they, but same thing last year. I thought they did a great job on draft day. They, they got Miles Garrett, they got Jarrell Peppers, they got right the uh, tight end Njoku, of, David yeah, Njoku, tight end on Miami, and they got Deshaun Kaiser. They did. I was very high on who now is playing for Green Bay, but yeah, yeah. he he'll be the backup. Demarius Randall deal. Yes, so um, like that was I don't think that was successful in my opinion. That on that draft, dra- their draft class last year on draft day I thought it was, but they well, went they went zero and sixteen. Well, so like, right, but I mean you can't ask for three rookies and a rookie quarterback to take a shitty team to be a little bit less shitty. You know what I mean? I think, I think um, zero I mean, wins especially, is unacceptable. Well, no, I mean, obviously, I'm not I advocating. That, I think four or five they could have gotten last year and they'd be going in the right they, direction. Tell you what, they almost beat Green Bay. Remember that game? They did. They, they, uh, they had, a, what, a three-touchdown lead and ended up losing? They also almost beat the Steelers. Right. Like, backups. Right. Well, the backups. Um, uh, um, weeks, in Week 17. So. I, think, I think a full year of Miles Garrett is going to do wonders for them. That D-line is finally going to have a, a rock on the edge, yeah. which they haven't had in years past. Yeah, he'll, be, he'll be very good. I mean, it's not, You hope so, because he didn't, he didn't start playing until half of the season last year. Yeah, yeah. Injury. Um, and then Njoku, he's, he's good when he has a good quarterback, which Deshaun Kaiser was not because he was also a rookie, mm-hmm. which like, disappointed me as Notre Dame fan. Like, that's the most important thing for them. Because, right. Like, if t- I, I'm not going to put my money on Tyrod Taylor being like, a complete stuff like you know what you're getting with them, right? Like you could in this draft class. Look at how these young quarterbacks performed. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Darnold just comes in and just you know obviously it'll take some time, but like he can be an impact, right? And get them to the playoffs. Like Carson Wentz year two, Jared Goff year two, Dak Prescott a couple years ago in, in year one, right? And these are young guys taking their teams to the playoffs. That that would be huge for the Browns. You know, the thing with Sam Darnold is he had such a high Turnover rate in college, and uh, maybe that's just a product of his system in college. But I, I think he he. Sean Watson the same way though. Sean Watson the same way. Um, I, I feel like Sam Darnold is a perfect example of a low floor, high ceiling quarterback because he could be a, a train wreck and he could be a perennial Pro Bowler. I think it, it, nobody knows with Sam yep. Darnold. I think people have a pretty good idea, but if he went one way or the other, I don't think too many people would be surprised. I think <clears> an aspect people overlook they they always look at the. Um, the physical characteristics, you know, like arm strength, right. um, athleticism, but his just composure, you know, it's similar to that of, of Jake Fromm on Georgia this past year. I'm not going to compare it to Tom Brady just yet, <laughs> but his late game um, composure, you know, playing under pressure, right. that's huge. You know, like those game-winning drives, like he's right. not going to get too high, he's not going to get too low, and that's a huge thing because a lot of these games the Browns lose, they, they lose – they beat themselves, you know? Right. And I think just being able to play in those tight situations is going to do, do wonders for them. I think it'll, that's a, that's it'll a, be an interesting storyline to watch as yeah. the draft nears and as the season comes closer. Um, run out of time, uh, but baseball season does start in nine days. Um, so real quick, Joe, a couple minutes or less, um, what are your, the biggest storylines you're watching as the season approaches? Uh, who, who are your World Series teams and who's the favorite? I think for the league as a whole um, – this Red Sox-Yankees rivalry really hit its peak 03-04 right. around that time. It, it's since, you know, fizzled a little bit. 
I think it's going to be a, a great, not just because I'm a Red Sox fan and you're a Yankee fan. Um, it's a, the rivalry is huge for sports in general, and both these teams really loaded up their rosters. Right. The Yankees probably more so getting Giancarlo Stanton to go along with Judge and Gary Sanchez. That's going to be a pretty daunting 3-4-5 matchup. Uh, their pitching staff is, I think, better than the Red Sox. But the Sox went out and got G.D. Martinez, you know. Which is a huge signing. It's huge. You know, when you when you have money, it's, it's a little unfair. The Yankees and Red Sox are very, like, <laughs> very fortunate. The Red Sox need the power here. They just went out and got one, you know. Yeah, right. So I think that that'll be a good storyline to watch. Both those teams will make playoffs, I think. Um, you know, that's my main storyline. You know, just for the sake of time, I'm not going to get into any more. I'll just go World Series pick. The AL is such a toss-up. I mean. There are three or four teams that could very easily win the American League. Yeah, I'm not gonna go Sox or Yankees. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Astros again. I think. Yeah. I mean, they dominated last year, and I think they, yeah, got, they only got better. They only got better. So I think the only thing that can hurt them, like any team, is injuries. You know, any team that has that, you know, talent is unquestionable. So injuries is the only thing. But um, I see them in the World Series against the I think Chicago Cubs really. They had a tough first half last year, and they really turned it on. Towards the end, they did lose Jake Arrieta, but they gained you Darvish. That's right. So I think they'll continue. You know, they were training upward last year. They got off to a bad start, World Series handover. But and I think they were so overshadowed in that in that league by the Dodgers, the Nationals, who were mm-hmm. two, if not 100-win teams, close to 100. I don't remember their exact records, but they were they had a solid middle 90s win season. Yeah, they, they just did. Nobody, they, nobody paid any attention to it. They did. They they really turned it on at the right time. I'm a huge Theo Epstein guy. He'll put the the right lineup on the field um, each night, and you know the the winner. I really I really can't pick a winner. I mean, uh, it's hard to. It's hard. this early. We'll, yeah, we'll just go with we'll go with that. Could go either way. This past World Series was a pretty fun one to watch. Right. So hopefully we have a a similar similar one this this year. Um, as for me, you know I'm a baseball guy. That's my sport. sport. Far and wide, I love it. Um, live, live, live and breathe baseball. Yeah. Um, so my storylines, I've got three, three big time storylines that really aren't in big time media as much as they should be. Um, I'll run through them quickly for the sake of time. Yeah. The first one's got to be Shohei Otani, the, oh, yeah. the guy from the Angels. Yeah, and nobody, insane. Dude's insane. Twenty three years old. He can he can hit three hundred and and throw a sub three ERA. I'm I'm interested to see what he's gonna do. I know that um, they've announced that he's gonna start opening day as a designated hitter. And um, then he's gonna make his pitching debut two days later, which is gonna is nuts. I it's mean, just, it's crazy. It's crazy. We haven't seen anything a guy like it. Can do both, like, we have extremely well. We with Shohei Otani, we have a guy who we literally have never seen a comparison to, because he can do both things so well. Yeah, I it's, think it's, that's it's gonna fun be fun to think about. It's fun, you know, what he could be. Right, it's yeah. gonna be great to watch. Second storyline, I know this this Yankees outfield has gotten a ton of love mm-hmm. this offseason. season, but I think the outfield that. Is, is going to perform really well that nobody's paying any attention to that got seriously redone this winter, Milwaukee Brewers. I don't know if you know anything about what the Brewers did this offseason. I, I doubt you did. Um, <laughs> brought in Christian no, Yelich. Not, not really big market, <laughs> you know. Brought in Christian Yelich from the Marlins. Brought in Lorenzo Cain off free agency from the Royals. Mm-hmm. I think that outfield, they did both those moves the same day, by the way, like within six hours of each other. I think yeah. that's going to be a really fun outfield to watch. I think that's gonna be a really fun team to watch because they've got Chase be. Anderson coming back. They're, I think, they're, for me, they're a wild card team. Yeah, I think I think, I think, I think that might even be a bigger upgrade from what they had to uh, in comparison to the Yankees. Because the Yankees already had. I like think a, you're right. They already had a good outfield. As far as relative improvement goes. Yes. I think you're right. So, and they were a good team. They, they had Bruce, nothing. Yeah. 
They were still a, a fairly good team last year. Right. And then that rotation is, is going to be iffy, but um, Zach Davies, young talent. Chase Anderson, I was had a great year last year. And then my third storyline, which God I hope comes true, even as a Yankee fan, is can this Mets rotation please stay healthy for a season? <laughs> Because, wow, if they stayed healthy, they would be insane. I, th- I we, think saw, we saw it a couple years ago, too. We saw it a couple years ago. And I think if they, if Syndergaard, DeGrom, if Harvey can pitch even half of what he did in, in, in his all-star year. Yeah, he's a very inconsistent pitcher. Steven Matz is a year older. And he's got a great fastball, and he's a lefty. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely think if this rotation can stay healthy for an entire season, they make the World Series. I, I can I, see it. I, I they, really do. They did. They came out of nowhere that year when they lost to the Royals. Right. It's because the rotation. It's essentially like the same team. It's just right. They've had a hard time. Part of it's health. Part of it's guys not performing. You know, Matt Harvey had an unbelievable season that year. Right. Career-wise, I'm pretty sure his record is. He's, he has not had a good it's, it's career, but it's, he's shown flashes of greatness that season. Yeah, it's it just. You know, compare it to um, that 2013 Red Sox team. John Lackey. Right. Just has an unreal season. Was that the year Buckles went off? Clay Buckles. It was. A bunch of guys did. Yeah. And uh. That's all you need, really. You know, that right. Give him just get one good season, win the World Series. You know? I mean, Syndergaard for me is a top five pitcher in the league. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think when he's healthy, he's he an can ace. Do it all. He can. Degrom, top fifteen. Like this rotation, when they're healthy, has got to be one of the best rotations in the league. World Series. Uh, I, f- I feel like such a homer for my hometown Yankees, so I can't no, do they're, that. They're they're definitely up there. They've they got a shot. I'm gonna Red take. Sox too. I'm gonna take Cleveland. I think. Cleveland. Yeah. I'm going to take Cleveland. I think it should have been them last year. Obviously, I wasn't disappointed when they lost in the ALDS. I'm going to take Cleveland. And in the National League, this is a, a big asterisk um, because as as much as I want the Mets to stay healthy, they won't stay healthy. So I'm going to take the Dodgers. I think the Indians-Dodgers, yeah. that's a matchup that everybody wanted to see last year that obviously didn't happen. I think we got an even better matchup with the Astros and Dodgers. They matched up really well. But Indians-Dodgers, that'll be a good matchup. And oh, World Series champion... Cleveland. Cleveland? Got to go Cleveland. Yeah, you're going with Gotta Dodgers big, to lose. Uh, big, uh, Dodgers big, lose two in a row. Yeah, big Lindor guy, big Corey Kluber guy. I think he's one He's one of the best starting pitchers in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, Jose Ramirez, obviously, third yeah. place in the MVP voting last year. I think, um, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people who maybe didn't know much about them last year, which if you don't know much about them, I don't know what you've been doing the past 24 months because they've been absolutely insane. But um, Big Frank Kelly guy. Big yeah. Big Trevor, yeah. Yeah. With the, with the Sox, he was great. <laughs> He's definitely uh Terry Frank, oh, man. Turned that Love team that around. Guy. I can't even hate him as a Yankee fan. Love Terry Frank Kona. I think their team, you know, they came out um, when they lost to the Cubs in 2017. Like, no one knew about them, but I think they built that foundation. Right. They, they repeated it. I know another good season last year. I think they'll be good for um, I th- and for years to come. Tell you what, that's another team with a great Twitter game. Yeah. Great I, Twitter game. I haven't I haven't looked into Cleveland it. Cleveland Indians gotta be one of the best one of the best Twitter baseball Twitters out there. Well that's gonna do it for us, Joe. I think um we covered a lot of stuff. I think this went well. What do you think? It did, you know, it's a good start for us. Um you know, on air debut, you know. On air debut. A debut, debut. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I know it's good. You know, the way we plan this out, um right. there's a lot to talk about in March. Good you know, timing. A lot going on. Um right. Mar- March is a weird month. March is a weird month, it is, right? It is. Because there's nothing big going on. Super Bowl was a month ago. You know, there's. I mean, I guess if you want to count the NBA playoff race, things are heating up there. But there's nothing big yeah. that happens because even the even the Final Four happens in April. That first yeah, weekend of yeah. April, nothing happens in March. But well, there's a so lot. Many... A lot does happen. Right. Know? That's a what lot, I'm saying. Yeah, a there's there's a lot of different things going it's, on. Exactly. So at the same time, which makes timing. it a fun week. Yeah. Right. 
You're a fun month. For sure, for sure. Um, again, make sure to follow us on social media. We'll have our Twitter, our Instagram, and our website will all be in the description. Um, our Twitter's at SportsRepDaily. Our Instagram is SportingReportDaily. And check out our website at www.SportingReportDaily.us. And until next time, Joe, I think it's time that we sign off. All right. See you later, guys.